Podcast that will steam your vagina. I'm Mark. I'm Brent, and today's guest is our very second in studio guest. <laughs> very Adam, aka the Leanover. Hi, I'm, I'm our... steaming my vagina <laughs> as we speak. That's what mm. Gwyneth Paltrow was doing, right? I heard bits and pieces of this. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, though, I'm not sure how the operation works. And I don't think, uh, Adam, unless you're an expert in vagina steaming, I think we can probably just leave that topic. If you're not, then I don't know why you're here. I, well, you can always substitute a Bissell steam cleaner if you're not near a regulated uh, hmm. vagina steaming outlet. <laughs> regulated, yes. I believe that is a regulated profession. Adam's home vagina steaming tips? <laughs> well, I've been doing it for years for wonderful effects. <laughs> I, I thought I smelled something fresh when you came in. Oh. Oh. All right. So, Adam, you're a big music fan. We were talking <laughs> earlier, and uh, yeah, clearly you're a big music fan. So the name, The Lean Over, you were telling me comes from a, a song. Yeah, uh, it comes from a song called The Lean Over because imagination is one of my you know lackings <laughs> by a band called Life Without Buildings. And they were just like the, they were like a band that sort of formed by accident because like there was like three guys and they're like oh this lady who does like vocal performances for her art school she could sing for us right so they made one album and it's a great great album I advise everybody to go find it which is it's a little more easier to find now because it was reissued last year but it, I highly recommend where they find from? it on YouTube they were Scottish oh Scotland Glaswegian okay. It's it's really interesting now that music is all digital. It's really a lot easier to find and yeah. a lot easier to propagate hard to find music. Yeah, that's like I spend, you know, nights when I can't sleep. I'm like, "Oh, here's a 80s Australian band that nobody's ever heard of." And I like go looking through pages and pages of links. I'm like, "Oh, there's a zip file of their album, you know." And it's like I'm not saying we should all steal music, but if you can't get it from if you regular can't get means, it otherwise legitimately, yeah. I mean, that's that's just sometimes you do what you can. Which is why how I wound up getting Star Wars and other galactic funk, because I couldn't find it uh, legitimately, right. so I found out. I don't know why. I desperately wanted that album. <laughs> I always find, like, I was in bands, and we tried to give our music away. Yeah. Because especially now, you know, with the internet, and you can get it to people who are so far away, who would otherwise, you're not losing money. They would never buy your stuff if they exactly. didn't hear you. And, but if you happen to play near them, then you're going to get it back that way. That's sort of a, the perverse argument that sometimes that uh, people who are pirating music or video or whatever use is that, you know, I wouldn't have bought it. So that's why that <laughs> somehow justifies them, you know, taking it without paying. It. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You know, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's actually to... devalue people's work by saying I wouldn't pay for that. But, it, you know, I feel like when you buy an album, you're, you're not paying for the album that you just bought. You're buying the next album. You're giving that, them the money to do the next project or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So if it's something you like, you know, I, I, Radiohead did that a few years ago where they put out an album where you could pay what you download want, it for pay free. What you want, or, which I did. Yeah, yeah. and I, I in, gave them in rainbows, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think I gave them like can, the equivalent of five Canadian dollars. I was like, that's more than would have made off of a CD. I wasn't going to buy it, but I loved the idea, so I paid them. I think, yeah, exactly. Bucks, which is not really what it's worth. But then again, I would absolutely not have bought it or downloaded it illegally because i just uh, wasn't that into it so and if i had known i'd been funding the recording of the king of limbs i probably wouldn't have given them anyway. 
Whoa, sick burn. Ouch. Take that. Radio so, Tom York. When you, when you say that, you know, by borrowing this, this uh, Twitter handle from the song that you're not a creative person, well, that's not true. Cause you, no, it, I mean, part gone, of creativity is finding it in other things, finding right. like what's good in other things and using those ideas, you know. So you went to L.A. specifically to sort of see what you could do creatively, right? I went to – yeah. I went to L.A. because I was presenting a paper at an academic conference and then I was like – I realized that because I didn't have a job or my own apartment or a car or a significant other or children, I could, I could stay. I didn't, I was like all the things that made me like sad about my life. I was like, Oh wait, the other things are totally freeing me. That's an enormous freedom. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, so most, you know, so I, I was just like, I canceled my flight back to Canada and was just like, let's see what's going on here. I know people from the internet here and it was like crazy. I stayed for like, the maximum amount of time I could on my visa, six Six months months? on a tourist visa. And it was great. I was like hanging out in like actual showbiz places doing weird, like I wasn't doing anything because I couldn't work or whatever, but people were like, well, I'm recording a TV show. Do you want to come hang out backstage while I do this? I'm like, sure. Cause it's all learning. And Mm -hmm. you wound up having some crazy celebrity encounters, right? I mean, Maybe not right. crazy, but well, I saw Bob Odenkirk buying shirts at Macy's one day. That was pretty crazy. Okay. But I mean, I, I but you also I, got to hang out at Dan Harmon's house. Dan Harmon, he did Community, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, that, I was just at a show one night, and he was there after, and I was standing there with some people I knew, my friends, and there, and I was like, oh look, Dan Harmon's there. I should go say something because I love Community. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. And then, like I, my friend like literally pushed me towards him. And so I had, I, and I was like, well, I'm going to make this really short. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to say before, you know, the immigration people take me back to Canada <laughs> that, you know, community is like a show that made me a better person. And thank you so much. And I just walked away. And like a couple of minutes later, he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, you've got a really cool beard. And that, after that, we just started talking. He's like, well, come over and hang out. And we ended up going and hanging out at his house. And it was like crazy. I was there. Where my friends came and he had a bunch of people and we were playing like charades and... He had a giant portrait of Ken Jeong as Zenyer Chang, Chang yes. on his on his wall. That's awesome. <laughs> El Tigre or La Tigre, something like that. some nice and uh, it, face that you're not going to be a complete psycho, right? I mean, there was face. enough people there to like that would probably would have been able to disambulate me if need be. But <laughs> no, he was he was super and like so we played the game and then we were like I looked at my friends and like well. Everybody sort of like broke up into little groups because they all knew each other. We didn't know anybody. So we're like, well, before this gets sad, let's let's say our goodbyes. So we went and said goodbye to Dan and his fiance, who's now married to. And we ended up talking. My friend Morgan talked to Aaron, his his wife, for like an hour. And, we, and my friend Matt and I talked to Dan for like an hour. And we were talking about TV writing. He had this amazing – he was talking about like one of the traps of TV. It's like this <laughs> – he was – how do I say politely – smoking something very potent <laughs> like 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 there's like regular people pot and then there's like showrunner yeah <laughs> and he was talking to us about like we were talking about like we want to be tv writers that we're working together on writing stuff and he's like that's great and he's talking about like the purpose of tv he says tv's kind of evil because it's what you write that's between the commercials <laughs> mm. and he was talking about how TV is like this tube that ha- everybody has in their chest that sucks the life out of them. But sometimes you can shoot light back through it. And I'm like, that's, but that's exactly why I want to get into it. Not for that literal reason, but like the idea that 
when I was younger, I like TV was like maybe the only source of joy in my life. <laughs> and I really relate to that trying to, that's what I want to do. I don't want to write for TV or movies or whatever, just because it's like, that's like a job that makes people think you're cool or whatever. It's not, <laughs> it's, I want to like, I just like that thing that I felt when I was younger, I want to be able to do that for other people. And it's, and we talked about that and it was amazing. That's a, that is pretty cool. Notice how I turned a story about Dan Harmon into all about me. That's that's, that's, that's great. A well, you know, and it also <laughs> started with the fact that he complimented you on your beard. I have to say, for those who cannot hear the beard, there we go. We're trying trying to make you can hear I, the beard. Should I? I don't I'm don't sure. Go ahead. You can rub, uh, rub it against the mic, I guess. But it's a pretty awesome beard. It sounds uh, nice. It sounds yeah, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're going to check the levels on that later. <laughs> <laughs> is your current avatar on Twitter? Is it the cartoon or I can't remember? Uh, not at the, not right at the moment. Because you changed it to a cartoon for a while. I did, which that cartoon, which I love. But then I'm like, because I changed it because when we met in person last time. Mm-hmm. We talked, somebody had said, like, oh, if you have a cartoon avatar, you get more followers. And I was like, oh, well, let me try <laughs> that for see. a while. And I had that uh, pants, at pants, Josh Mekish drew that. Okay. And I was like, well, I'll put that up. And I think you can get away with a lot more when people think it's a cartoon, grumpy, redheaded guy <laughs> saying the stuff that I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think the cartoon actually faithfully captured the beard. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, And the crazy sweaters that I wear. And when you've got an iconic look, you know, you've just got to make sure it shows up in every iteration of you. Wow. Let's edit that out later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Or not. That's... (laughs) All right. That sound means that it's time for Brent to ask you a series of Twitter-related questions. Adam, what's been your proudest Twitter moment? Pride and Twitter are not things that I normally associate. It's not the first time I've heard that today. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I think, one of the funniest proud moments was like, I, I was like, one night I was like, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to go to bed early. And then, so I turned my phone off at like midnight or like put it down at midnight, like turn all my lights off, laid down. Lights come on on my phone. And I'm like, oh, what's, I'm getting a notification. I guess I'll just check. And it was like, at Pat and Oswald is following you. And I'm like, no way. And I like open it up and it's the verified account. And I'm like, and my first thing is like to him, I'm not ready for this. And he's like, <laughs> and his reply is like, clown time is over, Ginger Spice. <laughs> I'd be pretty proud that of that, That is too. pretty awesome. Okay. And, and it's, you know, it, it's really silly that like, but I, I love his specials. I think he's so funny. And he's really good. He's one he, of the best. He, the, it was like a huge moment. Like anybody who I, you know, I don't care if people are famous, but if there's somebody I've looked up to. That's always been an amazing thing. You know, there are people who are not famous who I've always loved their art or whatever, and they follow me on Twitter. And it's like, it's a great thing. It's like, okay, well, I'm not, you know, alone in the woods on this. <laughs> so that might answer my next question. Who's your biggest or neatest follower? Having like somebody like John Lurie follow me, who is like an amazing like actor and artist and painter guy. Like the guy who does lots of different creative things and has been around for a while. Have him follow me and like he's like called me at home we've talked he's like you know sort of kept you know he he keeps an eye on me and and like we talk about like life and stuff and i mean to have like somebody like that like i remember watching one of his movies down by law i got it from like the library (laughs) like way long ago like when dvds were brand new and just being like man this is such a great movie and if he had said oh yeah in like you know 12 years from now you're gonna be on the phone with the guy who's in this I would not, I would have been like, what did I, what did I do? Did I like, you know, pretend to shoot a president or something? Like, <laughs> or actually shoot one. Yeah. I mean, God bless John Hinckley, but, uh, <laughs> Judy Foster's not following you. Look, <laughs> it worked. Well, now she'll never follow me, but 
So what's your favorite real-life Twitter moment? And I'm sure you've had a few. I've had a few. I think the, like, I guess the most formative was being in, I was on Twitter, like, just doing my thing and being invited to a Simpsons table read by some of the producers and, like, getting to go. Like, I'd never traveled in my life, never been anywhere. And so in 2011, I was, they were like, come to a table read. And I'm like, well, you said it, so I'll be there. And I just remember, like, I had to figure out how to get a passport, figure out how to book a flight. <laughs> you know, thank God we live in the internet age. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is easy. But getting to go to Fox Studios and, like, hang out at the Simpsons and like I met Matt Groening and he talked to me for like 20 oh, minutes and wow. he was super nice. And you know, he was, he was a guy that when I, you know, I said like there was a time in my life when my sister and I had like nothing, it was like a miserable childhood, but we knew every week that like that new Simpsons was coming and we would do everything in our, in our power to make sure we sat down and watched it. I remember seeing some of those episodes for the first time and just like thinking I was going to die from laughing, but that was the thing. And he's like, he stopped what he was doing. He said, well, thank you. So that's exactly why we do this every week. And he started talking to me. And he was like, tell me about the old days when like him and James L. Brooks were developing the show. And they were like, what are we trying to say about what is the, show message, the show's message? And he was saying, James L. Brooks said, I want people to watch the show and think I am not alone. And, he's, and I'm like, well, that's exactly it. Because like, you can come from like a really screwed up family and everything can still be okay. You can figure out how to work with that. Uh-huh. And so it was like, that was a huge thing. And that's where and I was like, maybe I could do this, which was like sit in a room and do idea stuff. And I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are like, you, you're crazy. But, you know, I'm like, well, I've got some pretty good people on my side. So, <laughs> yeah. And lastly, give us one underrated tweeter that you think everybody should be following. These are like people I know in real life. I mm-hmm. guess my friend Sarah Adams, which is, she's got like a, a weird G in the Sarah somewhere. So just a silent G, a silent G <laughs> between the A and the H. Uh, and Sarah Adams, but she's a super funny person from Calgary who I hung out with a couple times and she's super cruelly underrated for how funny and hmm. on point she is. She's like somebody who's not just a comedian. She also like has thoughtful stuff to say about the world. And I think that's more interesting to me than somebody who's just a comedy, like a joke machine mm-hmm. person. But I, I also, my other friend, another Sarah, uh, my friend Sarah Meyer, who's on there as Sarah Genius, but it's Jean with like, like pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another just somebody who jokes things to say about the world somebody who i love hanging out with so those are people who really deserve more followers cool that's it for me all right and for me as well so adam thank you so much for uh, joining us thanks man oh it was my pleasure to climb those 40 flights of stairs <laughs> up here in you the gotta be committed to do this i have one natural enemy pers- stairs stairs uh you're like a dalek yes all right <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Tweeters in 12. I'm Mark. I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.